0: Didn't you do like a try a switch half on beam or something or a popa? You got you told me you got up there and did something did. and you had great amplitude but not great split.
1: Girls were blown away that I didn't split the beam. I'd, I didn't tell them this, but I knew in my head I was like one half percent from splitting the beam, and that uh-huh. I would I would I would never live that down. Yeah.
0: Happy New Year, gymnastics world! I hope you guys are ready for a brand new fresh start to 2024, and in the spirit of fresh starts and something new, I'm bringing you something new. You may have seen on social media and I've definitely brought it up on the show a couple times that Justin Spring and I have done a five episode limited series on YouTube of our new show called Our Chenko. Not your Chenko, Our Chenko. And because I know this will be right up your alley, I decided to share it with you guys here today so you can get the full experience of the first episode. And if you like it, which I really think you will, head over to youtube.com forward slash what makes you think podcast, subscribe, and check out the playlist, Our Chenko. There are currently the first two episodes up and they will continue to come out over the course of the next month or so. These episodes are short, but they pack a lot into each one. We take our experience as coaches coming from two very different worlds and athletes coming from two very, very different worlds sprinkle in a few other perspectives from judging standpoints, parental standpoints, fan standpoints, you name it, we talk about it. So let's just jump into this, guys. This episode is called Whose Show Is It? Among many things, we do zero in on the idea of when it comes to coaching, sometimes you got to ask yourself, whose show is it? So I hope you enjoy episode one of Ourchenko, presented by Inside Gymnastics, featuring me, Nicole Langevin, and Justin Spring.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to our mini podcast with your favorites, Nicole Langevin and Justin Spring.
0: <laughs> Hi, Justin.
1: Hey, hey, we're here and we're doing a thing.
0: And you sound so professional.
1: Well, you know, at some point you got to class it up a bit. We can't just uh, can't just drop in on a hundredth episode and think you're going you know, <laughs> to... Get scrap, away
0: unscathed.
1: <laughs> scrap a hundredth episode together. We're like, this This came with slightly more preparation.
0: Although, but- uh, I don't know if it would have been as funny with prep. I think the way that it just happened. And hopefully that's what's going to happen right now. Uh, yeah. some magic. So welcome to... Uh, a show where we answer the age old question whose Chanko is it really? It's my Chenko. It's your Chenko.
1: This guy, two thumbs. This, this
0: guy's Chanko.
1: It could just be an ambiguous Chanko. It, it could be an amorphous. It could go either way. It is a Chenko. It's a Chenko.
0: I don't even have a Chenko mm. to necessitate your Chanko or my Chenko. That is for our Weens world friends. Okay, so Justin. As everybody knows, we uh, come from two similar, yet very different worlds. Yeah, you can say that. The men's and the women's. And we've had a lot of conversations about the similarities and the differences. Some things we agree upon, some things we definitely don't. And now you're in this world of women's gymnastics, which is so fun for me to watch. It really is. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a question for you then. Okay. What. Actually, you guys haven't started competing yet, have you?
1: We've been through a year. I in mean, my been 14th month here at Alabama.
0: Okay. My uh, timeline's also. So all screwed I've been up.
1: through a full calendar year within the program. So we we've I've seen it all. That's not to okay. say that I'm a master of anything, but yes.
0: Okay. Been- so what tell me the difference going into warm-ups at a competition as a men's coach versus a women's coach. Now, this is both on the collegiate level. I want to hear if these are as different as they look at the elite level
1: hmm. uh well so again i have to i have to acknowledge that my role changed dramatically as well i went from a head coach to an assistant coach so that i think that that has been the one separator for me that makes it hard to define truly what are the differences now with that said there's certainly some observable differences um when i just have my my eyes open and i look around there there's a lot more um there's a rollout like there is a minute to minute it's it feels more like a tv show um Mm. and you're prepping and then commercial break and then we have like women's meets are to the t like to the minute and you gotta you gotta be ready and hustle and i think with that comes maybe a little bit more um drilling like as far as like making sure we're prepared for that and so Mm -hmm. um because when the when when like that timeline starts there's no stopping it because tv's involved the other teams, they've read the rule book, they know exactly what's to happen. Whereas a men's meet, it's like half of half of our intro. We walk out to each other and we're like, What time does warm up start again? And we're like, <laughs> I don't know, ask the event management guy. And he's like, I don't know, it's on the paper. I emailed you guys like months ago and then two two weeks ago, and then like mm-hmm. yesterday. And they're like, You sent me an email? And I'm like, Yeah. And you're like, like, that's that's more of a typical men's right. Um start- you can end
0: the sentence right there. Yeah. That's more of a typical men's.
1: <laughs> that's more
0: I mean, maybe that's also the difference when something's getting highly broadcasted versus something that's not.
1: Right. And that's where I say, it. and honestly, it's fair to say that the only difference is because it's a men's meet versus a women's meet. Like, I think out of necessity, women meets have had to become more structured, more organized because, like, that's a huge part of the show is that we fit a perfect time slot to our time slot to include time to elaborate play you know re- video replay and um kind of set the set the the moment if you will of of that broadcast and so um it's perfect you got an hour and 20 minutes of gymnastics in a 2 hour time slot makes for a great show men's gym you got 3 hours of gymnastics crammed into a 2 hour and 20 time slot and tv's like what do we do with this
0: so what about i want to know like the actual when you get into the gym the expectation of what you're actually supposed to do at warm up, because this has come up before. And you know, when on my show when I had Blaine on, we had this whole conversation about like uh, them being at Worlds and like the guys sitting in a circle just like rolling their ankles around, yeah. and then they're looking at the girls going like turn after turn after turn, and yes. then like Anya hatches out, and this one's out, and that one's out, and he's like, "Why did you, that was during podium training and warm ups? Like, was that necessary?"
1: You gave it your all an hour and a half before the meet started. Like, why did we do that? Yeah. I think that without, so it's funny. I had caught, co- we had to do coffee with the coaches. It's our athletes come right. And then like, I, we had that this morning with two of my athletes and I was asking, I was like, what do you think some of the differences are between men's and women's gymnastics? And this was the first thing out of their mouth was like, guys warm up their routines. Like it's the first time they've ever tried it. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not true. And then I'm like, it does, it does appear that way though. That way. Um, I will say that that was a big push in my Illinois program was like. Every time you do a skill, it is in the bucket of muscle memory of the way that you want it or the way that you don't want it. And so which bucket are you filling up, right? Like mm. you want to fill up the one that the, the more, the, the more times you do it the right way, the more likely it's going to show up that way when you, in, in the pressure, yeah. of, a, of heat, right? You're building muscle memory, literally. And so however hard we push that, the slop still came out. Like it's just, it's built yeah. in where you're just, yeah, you kind of like throw your body around like a rag doll. That's how we warm up. Right. Um, you do you're, you're up.
0: literally just warming up not performing.
1: I think that Which might be different. the difference is like a men's yeah. warmup is a, is a lot more of a roll around and then like we kind of warm up on the events whereas like the girls have already done like a 16 mile run around the floor <laughs> with their ankle mobs and they're and they're like their bunny hops and then like they're like like almost semi cardio and then we start the lines and we do the leaps and then we do the punches and so like after 48 minutes of like truly warming up um, then you get to the event, you are actually warmed up. So then it's like right to it, dialed in, precision. Yeah. Whereas the guy, like, yeah, we got we got done, like we got done, like rolling out, like we just got out of bed. And then it's like, oh, parallel bars. Now it's time to warm up, and you warm up like on the parallel bars. So that, right, that, right. That might
0: contribute to this a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I've heard that it's also like the mentality is like just feel the equipment. Like I already know how to do the gymnastics, so I just gotta get the time of the equipment.
1: True. And some guys were neurotic about the grip on parallel bars, right? The grip was such a, you know, you're baking cakes over there. You got honey. Some people got syrup. There's <laughs> chalk and like, you're really, you're, you're making a dough. Yeah. You know, who knows what, what's happening over there. Yeah. There's a lot of items from the bake goods tray in your kitchen over there by parallel bars. And so if you don't know, that's like, it's all, everyone's got their own mixture of how you get perfect grip. For me, yep. I figured that out very early on. It's about figuring out that moisture. You do like, You want like a slight tack, and then you cover it up with the topical yep. shock. And I actually used to run lessons because this idea that like you can't find my grip was trash. Like I need you to come over, and we had we would have like thirty Concoct minutes. it. Yes, and it was like you need to. You must know how to do this. This is you know like this is as critical as anything. You don't have grip, so finding a grip on parallel bars was critical. Did you
0: make them or rev- like did you make them answer you by saying yes, chef?
1: I did. Yeah. And then if they didn't, I kicked them out immediately.
0: Yes, yeah, it's trash. So for your, the
1: girls, it's Carol <laughs> is trash. Get out of here. Which might be a thing that you could actually say to a male college athlete when you would never dream of saying anything was better not. Or, 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 but or- for the
0: girls, it's very similar with um with bars. I was gonna say with regular bars, uh with uneven bars. But it's like you can see per country. Like one country will go in and it's like shake and bake. Like they get in there and they're, you know, sawing mm-hmm. it off and spraying and adding the stuff. And then the next yep. one comes. In. So, and a lot of it though, it's the ones that don't wear grips, which makes sense. Cause guys yes. don't wear grips either. Like that's where the ones that are super sensitive about it. But I think as far as warm ups too, and like you and I have talked about this before on the women's side, the coaching tends to, especially in the past, be way more micromanaged.
1: Yes. Yes
0: micromanaging I say we're
1: tap dancing around i think a bigger issue which is like the extreme diligent hyper-focused routine and regiment that comes mm-hmm. with your gymnastics development and approach to a competition versus the my personal favorite of just like throw some more garbage in front of me and i'll just handle it because i'm an adaptive monster and so like but you need both and i think that but you do tend to see the two extremes pair up with the genders, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you have yeah. the, the more hyper-focused regimented structure with the, on the women's side. Mm-hmm. And then you have the kind of like, rah, just whatever. And like, you'll probably hit this routine, you know, mm-hmm. like on side. Yeah. And so I believe in a great combination of both. Um, and so I, I, feel like that's, but that's a big, I feel like that's a big piece of what I've, I've, I've been bringing to this, van, this program specifically is this like, because they've come from like a really structured elite. A lot of our girls came through the elite world. And so like getting them to realize they have investment in their, in their journey, in their gymnastics. And we want them to have investment. We want them They to have a say play. in what they
0: do and what they need.
1: we have to realize how scary that is though, you spent your entire career and upbringing sometimes literally being told you don't get mm-hmm. to have an opinion here or a mm-hmm. voice,
0: mm-hmm. Uh,
1: in extreme cases right mm-hmm. and then now we're trying to get them to not only have a voice but to use it and to and to have an opinion have really solid and concrete buy-in and investment because i like this skill more because i've had an experience with this skill and it makes me feel nervous and, and me even though i hit it all the time in practice like those are really critical yeah. pieces to know when you're trying to seek perfection every friday night at an sec meet mm-hmm. you know, women's gymnastics and i and- hope
0: at that point they do know what they need or, and you know that's a yeah. huge life skill i think with girls too like From what I've seen, it every gym is like so hyper focused on what's our thing, what's our, you know, what are we known for? What are we're this gym? We were really good in this area, blah blah blah. And so when a kid comes in, it's like, oh, this is how we do this here. This is how we warm up. This is this is the release everybody does. This is the way we do X Y and Z. This is what we wear on the award stand. This is how we march out. This is how we present when they announce our team. Like everything is like this is how we do it, and what you lose there is that individuality because there are some gymnasts and I'll say kids because in that developmental, i will dealing with a lot of kids who are going to thrive off of a uh, relaxed coaching approach and some that are going to thrive off of a really intense coaching approach. Some are negative reinforcement kids, some are positive reinforcement kids, but when the whole thing is this is what we do here, then you're, you're missing out. And I learned this very, it was very obvious this one year where I decided with like the, like the level nines, I think um, I threw in a meet, like right towards the end of the year before state championships, that was like a whatever meet like some in house at some random gym like an hour and a half away they didn't know anybody just really like low key because it was at the point in the season where like you know before states and regionals everybody's stress level is like mm, yes. right i was like we now need to it like really matter yeah yeah we needed like a we needed a meet to to take the pressure off but to still get experience and i thought i was doing it for them and then i realized holy shit this is an opportunity for me because I always would say almost the same thing to every single kid right before their beam routine and if it worked on the first one you better damn believe that on that next one i stood in the same spot with the same you know with the same foot in front and said the exact same thing and then pulled the board at the same time and walked away and stood in the same spot because you know that affects their performance yeah and what i what i was forgetting was there's a whole possibility out there that i'm selling them short or or not providing them an opportunity because i won't change my approach so I took that meet and I just, I remember the first kid who I was normally very like in her face, like not in an angry way, but just that's, that's how we did it. And she always did well. And she was kind of expecting it. And I just patted her on the back and I go, all right, see you on the other side. And I walked away like just to see. And you know what? She did the same freaking thing she always did. Like, I really didn't have that much effect, but that's what I'm saying though. There's like, there's ways that I think coaches are, get a little too, um, I can't ever remember this what word. Show is this. What yeah, well, exactly. Like they think. That they was one of the first questions
1: I asked Ashley. It was like it was like, do you do you have like a do you have like a rom-com final scene with all of your athletes before they do their beam routines? You know, like a right. You can do
0: this. Right. You got this. Believe in Deep your,
1: breath. Your, yeah, you're and it's just like I, I remember watching it on TV and I'm like, that's a lot. And like <laughs> I'm not, I don't know this gymnast, but it would appear to me she's miserable right now in this moment and like some people need that some people need the slap on the back and some people need the why are you looking at me you got this kid and they're like you're damn right i do you know Mm -hmm. and like i think that that is going back to your point of like the team versus individual approach like i think that is the single biggest thing to figure out of what are the things that are undeniably specific and we don't waver on those things for a team's team standpoint and some of it comes into how we walk into the arena and how we present ourselves Mm -hmm. and address to to how do we warm up and how do we approach our our stretch honestly um i think that's one of the biggest things that that you have to figure out as as a program because yeah you are compromising some of your but, but sometimes you have to do that for me it was always the pommel horse guys doing some of the, like the introductory leg stuff. They're like, it's literally counterproductive for me to make my legs bigger and stronger as a pommel horse specialist. And I'm like, you're not wrong, but in this moment, I need you to just be a team player. This little bit, I'm not gonna have you do the squats. We will tailor and and hyper focus a little bit more on the post strength Mm -hmm. weights. But in this introductory kind of warm up strength, just kind of zip it and just buy into the team mentality. Okay, for me big guy, uh, they're like, and they would offer suggestions. And to the point where I had to come up with like, literally it was a, um, it was like a, a hypothesis testing. They were like, if you ask suggestion to change, don't come with a complaint, come with a solution. Yes. Come with a solution they were like, instead of this, could we do plangelines? And I was like, if you are a pommel horse specialist, rather than that exercise, you can do the plangelines. And they were like, okay. And I was like, okay. And so, I so I believe in that, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's hard because you want to make believe, or you want you want to stick to your guns, like the yeah. whole team just does this.
0: But also, that's because that's what works for you,
1: yes. and it's
0: easier to have everybody do the same thing because then you can be consistent. It but. is
1: much easier, isn't it? But mm-hmm. you're not maximizing your team. I don't think.
0: No. And another another thing that's big on on our side. I don't know if you experience this at all, but this whole thing with pressure sets mm-hmm. during meat season. And the pressure set typically, let's say for beam again, is you have to hit your pressure set and then you get your assignment. So if you hit your pressure set, then you don't have as many routines. But if you don't hit your pressure set, then you have to do 75 routines. So then the question is, well, what does a hit actually mean? Yeah. You know? And so, you know, if you have a kid, which I did, that like she, if she if her timing was just right and she really put everything into it, she would hit 180 on her switch leap and that changed everything because then she'd get, you know, guaranteed C, no deduction there. And then she would get the connection bonus for the thing that came after it. Like everything really on her routine rode on this switch leap. Yeah. And she was like 50, 50 on, on hitting it properly. You defined the a hit
1: hitting that exact thing.
0: So that's what it would be. It's like, yeah. all right, I need to know that under pressure for you, Emma, that switch leap is the thing that's going to define it. And then blah, 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 blah. But also, I think it it also becomes this thing where like these kids just warm up and try to stay on, and there there's no improvement in technique once the season starts.
1: Well, that's the trick of anxiety of like of like staying on or going big, and I think that's a huge
0: or getting thing. better. <laughs> there's yeah. that too. Yeah, you can we're, we're, improve
1: during I season. Going big is is doing the best version, even though you might fall off. Right, like you can you do a conservative series or something that that just doesn't have the amplitude. You're not. It doesn't look like you're floating. You're like that's not. It's not going to score well either, right? Like we need big routines, and and we need them to just to just crispy, it perfect, right? Especially in college. So like, how do you how do you get them to do that? When very often, like the the approach is to like, you know, you kind of like you you get the you get the yeah you yeah, get you the hold back the nerves, yeah, the butterflies, mm-hmm. and then you hold back, and that's not going to result in a great beam routine.
0: I love that you just used the words series and amplitude was happening just that was great i don't it even was
1: beautiful. Dabble, i don't even dabble with beam but i i'm over there
0: that was a beautiful I'm thing i'm over there uh I'll don't you do on occasion didn't you do like uh try a switch half on beam or something or a popa you got I you did. told me you got up there and did, did something pretty, and you had great amplitude but not great split
1: girls were blown away that i didn't split the beam i never i didn't tell them this but i knew in my head i was like one half percent from splitting the beam and that Uh I would never have lived in that I would I would never live that down yeah I also did a standing back tuck on a a high ropes course beam
0: nice
1: yeah and none of my team did anything
0: and that that sounded pristine through their new microphone
1: yeah thanks yeah (laughs) my new toy for this mini series yes where we break it down
0: yeah break it down
1: uh, yeah the uh, psychological approach of, of developing your individual, you know, I watched a great and I, I knew I was going to bring this up because I fell in love with it so much. And it's where we are big piece of what we're doing with our team. But I, I kind of thought about it a little bit with how you were breaking down your thing with Ella and beam. And it was the building, building trust with people or within organizations. And so I defined it a slightly different way. I don't even remember how I did it on our team retreat, but the podcast I listened to defines trust as um, authenticity, empathy, mm-hmm. And logic.
0: Okay, and so yeah. logic
1: being like, like they, they, they see the logic in your plan or your development, mm-hmm. like the direction of the way that we're going. Um, think about it from a contractor standpoint. Like, you know, you run through like how they're gonna fix your shower, and they're like, We're gonna tear your kitchen apart. And then you're yeah. like, wait, we're working on the bat, right? Like, I don't trust this guy, even if yeah. he's even if like so, like you have to have all three pieces. And so, like, how you I think that's where the individual approach. Like, allows the gymnast one, if you, if assuming you have the authenticity and you have empathy and you, they know you care about them, the logic then comes in when you actually individualize your approach for determining what constitutes a hit. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you lose a lot of that trust is where like a hit is the same for everyone.
0: Just um, stay on the beam by all means and, necessary.
1: Yeah. Cause, yeah. you know, and then, and then really the true hit is like the score because the score reflects truly what a hit is. Um, but then, you know, you pop into any NCAA meet. Who knows what scoring is going to look like? No, which, which things are going to enforce or not enforce? <laughs> so, and I that's think there's a have-
0: uh, I think there's a number four to that though, which is follow through. Like you actually got to do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, for somebody to trust. Then again, right?
1: But that's an, I feel like in the in the the like authentic, like the authentic piece, right? Like not following through, you'd you'd be you'd be, you'd be kind of a liar. So you wouldn't mm. be authentic in your set in your in your person. I don't know. It wasn't my podcast. I just liked it as far as like what 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 it takes to kind of bring to a relationship to yeah. help build trust to move on.
0: Yeah, I like that I logic part. Like
1: too. A, the logic part was the thing that I think I didn't really necessarily put together because you think that if you come and like everyone knows a trust building exercise, like tell like a personal growth story or whatever, like then you share that, and so like that develops that like who you really are. And then if you really listen, you, you're developing some empathy of like what this person's gone yeah. through and like, boom, trusting relationship. The logic piece is what I didn't really think. And, and then when you pull that out as a coach, how important it is for them to see and understand like, why am I doing this drill when I'm actually mm-hmm. trying to get this skill? Like this generation, I think more than ever now needs to understand the logic behind, like, I know you have my best interests and I actually trust you because we've been together for 10 years uh-huh. now, athlete. but I just, this Progress for Pro- this progression doesn't sit well with me. Like, why are yeah. we doing
0: this again? And, and that so- mind-body connection yeah. is so. Yeah. And more if you're just doing it, like you're just doing hollow holds, or you're doing hollow rocks. And as a coach, you're like, this is going to be so good for them for clear hips. Oh,
1: you know the application nine if, different ways. Yeah, did, right? but all because you're love- doing is
0: getting a stronger hollow hold. But if a kid yeah. is actually doing that and thinking, drop, drop, yes. drop, drop, and doing it in the their brain of
1: that, right? Like. Hmm. Where does that really show up in my gymnastics? Yeah,
0: Versus Like I just like having this
1: box off, and we'll move on to the next thing. You know, like
0: I saw this cool drill on YouTube, so we're gonna start doing it. Yeah, doesn't yeah it doesn't have the same purpose. The logic
1: connecting the logic for them is going to increase the trust and thus buy into the to to doing and following through on those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've had we just got off the summer of a, a million Congress lectures, and after doing you know, giving a whole lecture and and providing all these different options for drills and this and that. I would always tell people like, don't go back and start doing these because you like it. Like, don't, oh, I love that one. That's cool. Like, what about it do you like? Or does it actually fit in all of these other things that you're doing? If not, wait, get through the cycle that you're in and then go back and make sure that it actually suits the rest of what you're doing. But I think that's a big thing that happens. You know, the coaches come back and they're so excited. And I know that feeling and I think it's amazing. But then start just throwing all this new stuff because I saw it instead of like marinate with it and figure out where does it fit. And the and other like thing the is...
1: Developmental program as a whole, right? Like what holes are you missing? Do you need this? Or did, like, do you did need you... need it now?
0: Yeah. Is it, is it consistent with the other things that you're doing? Because there's more than one way to do things, believe it or not. That's why there's... In gymnastics? so many No, I mean my way is the best but there's you know a lot
1: (laughs) yeah mine too for sure
0: but there's the other aspect too of if you can't simply if you can't explain it simply you simply shouldn't explain it I can never say that right did I say it right
1: no I like that if you can't explain explain it it
0: if you can't explain it simply you simply shouldn't explain it
1: there it is that's the one
0: So what'd you think? Would love to hear your feedback. So please reach out on social media. I'm at Nicole Langevin Consultant on Facebook and Instagram and at you think Pod on Twitter. Twix, let's call it Twix, we're gonna call it Twix. But if you did enjoy it, head over to YouTube and check out the Ourchenko playlist on the What Makes You Think podcast YouTube channel. And episode two is currently up, which I absolutely love. It's called Stop Making Gymnastics So Damn Hard. We dive into tumbling technique, more specifically back one and a half twisting into front saltos, air awareness, the importance of play when it comes to learning new skills, beam acro landings, how to communicate with athletes and how not to communicate with athletes. And of course, as always, some wag versus mag contrasts and comparisons and plenty of laughs. All right, that's all I got for today. Happy New Year.